Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. This episode of 4th Down Experience is brought to you by Upper Hand Sports Software. As coaches, trainers, and family men, Chris and I both were looking for a system to make our lives easier when it comes to managing our businesses. We found that solution in Upper Hand. Upper Hand Sports Software provides the best software on the market to help you manage and grow your sports business. Whether you're a sports franchise owner, running youth sports teams, camps, or private lessons, Upper Hand has plans to help businesses of all sizes. From scheduling and registration, contact management, marketing tools, point of sale, you name it, they do it. Head over to GetUpperHand.com. That's GetUpperHand.com to learn more. And joining us now is Super Bowl 52 champion, place kicker for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jake Elliott. Jake, how are you? Doing well, man. How are you? Doing good. Jake, Chris here on the line. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Fourth Down Experience. How are things been going for you, man? Post Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, things have been great. Um, yeah, just just kind of winding down from 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 a long season and um, just getting getting some time to myself and a little vacation has, has been nice. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It had to have been madness. Uh, we like to do these these interviews and conversations from like present and then kind of moving back. And so I would just imagine life has been crazy uh, since the Super Bowl. I mean, just Let's, let's kind of just talk about that, the Super Bowl. I mean, you started as, like, you know, rookie, drafted on a different team. You're now with the Eagles. You're now you're a Super Bowl champion. Like, just kind of explain the process over the last six months. Yeah, it's been crazy and um, definitely a, an interesting situation for me in general. Um, you know, obviously, I, I get drafted in the fifth round, and um, you know, I've I've had my roller coaster ride this season. That's for sure. You know, you get you get drafted pretty high for for a place kicker, and um, you know, you you compete in camp, and you're you're in a a very heated battle, and you know, end up unfortunately losing the job, and um, I get thrown onto the practice squad there in Cincinnati, um, and you know, just just kind of hoping for my shot, whether it's whether it's there or someone else. Um, you know, you, you just want to, you want to be one of those 32 and, and be playing on Sundays. So, um, you know, luckily, luckily I had my, I had my opportunity that, that came calling week two and, um, kind of ran away with it from there. Yeah. So, you know, talk about that. You were, you were drafted by the Bengals fifth round pick, uh, you know, had a, a fantastic career in Memphis. Um, who were you competing against when you were at the Bengals? Yeah, I was competing with uh, Randy Bullock. Um, he was the guy there, and you know we had, we had a really good competition. Um, he, you know, he was he was kicking lights out all camp, all preseason. So, so hats off to him. Um, you know, no no hurt feelings there at all. But um, you know, unfortunately for me, I, I couldn't get the job done there, and that was that was pretty tough. You know, that was, that's some adversity I had to face there, and you know, luck, luck, lucky for me, um, you know, I, I got a chance pretty pretty early on week two. So. Take us, take us in your mindset. You, you go into the Bengals. You know there's a guy there. You got to compete. You got to compete against a guy that's been there from the start. And yeah. 
what's your mindset? Is it, is it friendly competition? Do you guys talk? Um, and then obviously leading up to the point where, where you got let go or waived, you know, what was that like? Because a lot of kickers want to know what it's like to just go through that, even though it's not necessarily fun, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was a friendly competition. I mean, uh, in, a, in a battle like that, especially at our position, um, there's, there's not going to be a whole lot of tension. You know, obviously you're both competing for the same job and, um, there's, there's going to be some, you know, obviously a big competitive side there, but, uh, at the same time you, you control your, your makes and misses and, and he does the same. It's not, it's not anything that you're doing to one another. So, um, it, it's a friendly battle and, and it, it makes you better. Um, that's, that's why you compete and, um, you don't want to be handed a job. So, uh, I, I think the competition is really important. And, um, you know, for me going, going through that, you know, he, he kicked really well and I ended up getting released. Um, you know, he was, he was the guy and, um, you know, like I said earlier, hats off to him, but you know, that was, that was tough being released. But luckily, luckily for me, the Bengals, the Bengals ended up putting me on their practice squad. And, um, that kind of gave me a little bit of hope after, after being waived that, uh, you know, I, I could be something they, they obviously still see something in me to, to want to keep me around. Right. So then, you know, then a uh, few weeks go by, uh, in these next few weeks, Sturgis gets injured with the Eagles. You get called. You're signed week two. You play in a game. You know, steady in game two. Now week three, and you have one of the most amazing kicks, you know, in the 2017 NFL season. You know, fly, Eagles, fly, the 61-yarder. Talk about that. Yeah, uh, definitely, a, definitely a career changer for me. Just a, just a big change in my life happened with that kick. Um you know, you, you get brought in. I had a, I had an average week, week two, and and week three. Um, you know, a lot of people forget about it, but um, I missed I missed one kick from fifty two earlier in that game. Hit it really well, just uh, just kind of faded on me at the last second. But um, you know, it was one of those kicks where where I felt really confident going going out there after after that one. Um, you know, just just knowing that I was going to hit a good ball and. Um, I actually had to hit a 46-yarder to, to tie the game um, with 46 seconds left in that game. And um, somehow we got another opportunity and, and got a shot at that 61-yarder late in the game. And, you know, that's that's just a huge, huge, huge confidence boost for me going forward in the season and uh, a big momentum shift as far as um, the team goes, just as far as the season goes. So is it, is it safe to say... Because, you know, we all know Eagles, the Eagles fans. I mean, you almost became a legend instantly just with one kick. I mean, what was the fan support like for you after that kick? Yeah, it's been crazy. And, um, you know, everyone hears, hears about the Philly fans and how crazy they are all, at all times. And um, the hype's definitely real there. But um, they've, they've been nothing but supportive this whole time. And it's been, you know, I'll, I'll walk around the streets and still to this day, it's, it's all about that kick. It's, yo, man. That 61-yarder was crazy. Every time I see anybody in the street, so um, it's 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 a cool it's a cool thing to to kind of have in my repertoire. Yeah. So you know, during this game, there's obviously a teammate. You know, and it's one of the main articles here on NBC Sports. You know, in total fear of Jason Peters, right? So I mean, obviously, <laughs> there has to be some kind of validity of him conversing with you. You know, what's the truth? Did, did he make some comments to you to kind of pep talk you? How'd that go? 
Yeah, everyone sees it as a big um, intimidation factor, but um, it was just after after I missed that one earlier in the game. He just it was just kind of words of encouragement more than anything. He was right. just like, "Come on, man, no more no more misses." And um, everyone sees it as this big intimidating thing, but it was it was really just a teammate trying to trying to be encouraging. Yeah, you know, and I've been in that situation before personally, and it's just you know, a lot of times position players they really don't know what to say to us, and so. You know, yeah. let's go no more misses. I can see how media would blow that out of proportion that, you know, he's just more so pep talking you. But, man, you hit the 61-yarder. I love the celebration. You just look so hyped. You know, the yeah. starting quarterback was, like, stoked. And the, everyone's just, like, running on the field. Just, again, just, like, explain that feeling. Everyone's putting you on your shoulders. Like, was it probably, like, the best feeling ever for you? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, just – yeah, you're just running around. You don't, you don't even feel your legs in that moment, and it's it's all just such a blur to me now. But uh, I mean, you obviously get a, get a lot of a lot of feels watching that kick over and over again. That's fantastic. I mean, it, that's that's everybody's dream. Some sort of game winner in their life, and and you hit it at, at one of the biggest stages. So, so obviously that progresses. You know, you, your team, the Eagles. You guys went on a great run. Looks like you maybe won about eight or nine straight games, you know, what, yeah. what was the momentum like leading into the playoffs? And then just what was, what was that playoff run like for you? Because uh, I think yeah, you guys and the, and the Vikings were the two hot teams at the time by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, for us, it was definitely special. I mean, going, going into the playoffs, um, you know, a couple of games before we, we lose our starting quarterback and we we're, we we're just an injury injury plague team kind of the whole year, but it, it really didn't affect us. And I think, um, that, that speaks volumes to, to the organization and to, you know, to all my teammates. Um, it, it really was a next next man up mentality. And I know that sounds corny and cheesy and, and everyone kind of uses that. But, um, you know, you see a lot of teams where, where their stars go down and, and they kind of they kind of crumble. But that that just didn't happen. Our stars kept going down and we, we kept getting better. And, you know, guys just kept stepping up. If you need gear for kicking, punting or long snapping, Wizard Sports Equipment has you covered. They offer quality products, quality service, and affordable prices. So if you want 5% off your next order, go to www.wizardsports.com. That's wizardsports.com and get 5% off your next order. And remember, enter discount code 4thDown, that's the number 4, T-H-D-O-W-N, to get your 5% off your next order. Yeah, I mean, one of the hardest things is to rebound after your, your quarterback goes down. What was... What was the leadership like for Wentz as he'd been sidelined? You know, obviously, it's, you know, it's kind of crushing, you know, to have such a great season and then go down an injury and then full steps up. What was the leadership like from everybody or, or those guys specifically as you guys yeah. tried to move forward? Yeah, no one no one really better than I. And I think that, that speaks volumes to, to the guys in the locker room and, um, you know, especially for, for Carson and for – for Nick, um, you know, no one better than I. Everyone had all the confidence in the world, and Nick stuck, stepping up like we we knew we knew what he was capable of, and knew that that he was fit for that role. And you know, Carson was Carson was right there with him the whole time. And um, yeah, I think it speaks a lot a lot to those guys. Yeah. So Jake, I mean, you had a really consistent season, uh, especially for your rookie year. You know, twenty six for thirty one, not bad. You're in the mid eighty uh, percentile, and Obviously, the long of 61 yards, 42 touchbacks, that's a strong number. Uh, you know, and then, then people look at your height and weight, it's 5'9", 170, or at least that's what Wikipedia says, you know, is 
I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, I, I love it because I'm a short guy. I'm five six, so it's nice to have yeah. some of the quote unquote shorter kickers still around. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and Cairo Santos is out there, and Pat Murray, and those guys, and it's just yeah. nice to see the the shorter statured guys compared to the six four guys. So, um, you know, what would you tell the younger kickers out there that are you know shorter than the average big kicker out there? That hey, you still have a chance. It doesn't matter about height. You know, talk about that in your philosophy. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it really does matter at all. Um, you know, obviously you, you have some advantages being a taller guy. I just have bigger levers. But um, yeah, for for me, my my leg speed has always been, um, you know, a lot a lot better than a lot of these guys. So I kind of make up for it in that, and and just being able to hit a consistent ball every time um, goes goes a really long way. So you talk about leg speed, Jake, and I'm sure you've gotten a bunch of DMs from little from younger kickers. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about uh, sprinting intervals. We've talked about pool workouts. Is there anything that you do in your routine that helps your leg speed and, and generate more power? Yeah, I, I don't really try to stick to um, one or two specific workouts. I like to I like to kind of range off and do a bunch of different things. But, but really anything, any sort of explosive movements, um, you know, I don't, I don't really like to load the bar up on a squat rack or or anything like that, but you know stuff like stuff like box jumps and um, sprint get offs, um, you know band work, quick twitch band work, um, anything to really fire those those quick twitch muscles. I think is is really important. No, exactly. Now, have you picked up Pilates at all or yoga as part of the mix? Um, yoga, yeah, yoga. I have um, picked up a little bit of that. A little bit of the hot yoga, and I, you know, I like I like definitely staying limber. I think that's important, but at the same time, I don't I don't like doing it more than you know once, maybe twice a week, um, just because I don't want to get too flexible to where I'm losing, um, you know, losing some of that power as well. Right. Go ahead, Chris. So, all right, so let's talk about the big topic here: Super Bowl. All right, uh -huh. I, I know everybody wants to know what it was like. Well, yeah. you know, you were in Minnesota. It was uh, it was the coldest week in Minnesota. I'm just going to tell you that it, it's not yeah, really no. like that. It's not, not that frigid, frigid but uh, man, that was rough. <laughs> uh, what, what was the week like for you? Now, did they put you in? Were you at the Gophers facility, or were you at? Uh, where, yeah. where did they have you guys practice at? What was just that week like for media wise and everything? Yeah, we were at we were at Minnesota's facility. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a crazy week. We tried to um, we tried to keep it as normal as possible. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of guys were were kind of upset with with the schedules that were laid out for us every day, just because there were so many so many media obligations and um, you know just just external distractions is really really what they were. And um, you know, you, you just kind of got to get over that. But um, you know, like I like to think about it just. It really was as normal as possible, in, in my mind, um, I think it's it's a big mindset thing, and how how you portray how you portray it to be, and you know everyone everyone looks at it and says, "Wow, this is you know this is the biggest stage, this is the big, the biggest game of your life." Um, you know what are you what are you changing for this week? And you know the the answer for me was nothing nothing at all. Uh, you know I I did the exact same reps I would do during during any other week in the whether it's week two, week three, or first preseason game or, or the Super Bowl. Um, I tried I tried to not change my routine there at all. And there there was those extra extra media obligations, but you know, I kinda took that as an opportunity to have have a little fun and 
um, you know, try just try to keep it as laid back as possible. Yeah, you know, and, and the playoffs, you were clutch, Jake. I mean, you were 4-4 four for four on field goal attempts in the NFC playoffs, including a, a postseason record, 53-yarder against the Falcons. But, you know, the Super Bowl game, uh, you know, your team's up by five. And all of us kickers, all of us specialists that understand this situation, special teams coordinators, parents of kickers, you know, this field goal from the 46 yards on the biggest stage in the world, it was basically a game winner for, for you and for all of us. I mean, talk us through that kick, the pressure, how you came through with it, and you were clutch. Yeah, definitely um, definitely a high-pressure kick. Um, probably probably the most high-pressure kick I've ever had. Um, yeah, like like I was just saying earlier, how I was trying to keep it as, as normal as possible and um, just like any other game. But I once once you really step out onto the field during during the Super Bowl, I don't I don't really know that there's any way to prepare for that um, for that kind of pressure. And, uh, you know, it, it was definitely different. Your legs, your legs were a little bit heavier walking out there, but, um, you know, just, just tried to stay as tuned in and, and in the moment as possible. Um, and, and just go out there and try to try to hit a good ball. And I knew I, I had a really good warm up. I thought, so I, I knew I was hitting the ball well that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, just kind of tried to tried to think back to those moments and think back to my cues that I was going through during warmups and, um, you know, just try to hit the, hit the best ball I could hit. Yeah, Chris was actually on the sideline. He was helping um, uh, doing security work for one of the main announcers for NBC. Uh, Chris, do you remember? Uh, okay. Do you remember that time during the during the game? Yeah. So Jake, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I sent you a DM about it, but I know you were busy. But yeah, so I ended up getting a, a security role where I was the bodyguard for one of the uh, uh, the TV analysts, and so okay. we we got I, I got to walk around the whole stadium basically two feet from the field the whole game and it was incredible so i felt like an athlete but uh, (laughs) one thing one thing i enjoyed our our spot was actually near the specialist spot for the eagles and so i probably saw you do your warm-up routine at least a dozen times okay i'll I'll say this too with you know obviously wanted to stay out your hair you know so i obviously yeah you would have seen me but uh one thing we like to do as kicking coaches is preach routine to these kids, you know, while they're standing around on the sidelines waiting for their, their, their turn. I, I loved your routine just to observe you, how you went about your business when your team was on the other end of the field as you're yeah. getting close to field goal range. You know, what what advice, I mean, could you describe your, you know, your routine and thought process to keep it the same all the time? And then what advice would you give to younger athletes in terms of having a routine? Yeah, uh, I, w- I would say... I would say this. I'll say everyone is, is definitely different as far as what they like to do. Um, but I, I do think it is important to keep it the same every time, whatever it is that, that you do like to do as far as preparing as, you know, as your team's marching down the field. Um, for me, I probably, I probably hit a few too many balls in my opinion, but, um, you know, that's, that's what I feel I have to do to be prepared. Um, and I, and that's what I think it is. It's, it's whatever, whatever you have to do to feel confident, um, in your preparation. Um, I, I just, in my opinion, I just don't like feeling underprepared. So I don't like hitting too little balls. Um, but what, what I do typically is, you know, once our, once our team has possession, I, I go over to the net and kind of just get in and get into my zone. And I may hit, I may hit a ball on every first down if they're on the opposite side of the 50, um, once they, once they get into that plus 50 range, I'll, you know, I'll put my helmet on cause I, I have, 
I feel like we're, we're about to score here, regardless if it's a field goal or, or a touchdown, and I need to go out there for an extra point. But I'll, I'll put my helmet on and be strapped up once we're in the plus 50, and I'll hit, you know, one or two balls every, every two downs. And, um, you know, in my opinion, that's, that's, what gets, that's what gets me personally ready. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I loved uh, after the game, you know, it's, it's always really cool seeing you guys on Twitter. And, and you know, you put, if I'm, if I'm dreaming, don't wake me up. And I thought that was an awesome tweet. Got almost 20,000 retweets. Um, and, and just for those of you listening, uh, follow Jake on Twitter. It's Jake underscore Elliot 22. And also follow Jake on the gram. Uh, he he's already over the hundred thousand mark in followers. It's J Elliot forty six. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. Like you know, this is a silly question, Jake. But like, so, with some of the NFL athletes and popular celebrities, like, do you guys take your time on thinking about, hey, what am I going to tweet out for this significant event, or was that something that just came to your mind, or like, I'm going to go ahead and push this out? Yeah, you know, that was that was just something real quick and in the moment, and. Um... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to sit there on on my phone too too much, but I felt like I needed to put something out there. And yeah, that's that was just that was raw emotion at the time, and um, I felt like that was that was something worth sharing. Yeah, and another thing on the Super Bowl thing, and and you know, Eagles fans. I mean, gosh, they've been just like yearning for this, right? Eagles Nation, you know, <laughs> oh Super God, Bowl yeah. champion. Has it sunk in? Like, like, what about the fans? Talk about how much you know they're probably just loving this, right? Yeah, I think I think it's sunken in more for the fans than it has for for me. I don't I don't know if it's going to sink in for a long time. At least until at least until we get that ring. What was the but, parade uh, like? What's that? What was what was the parade like? Oh my god, that was just five miles of just pure pure chaos. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a lot of fun. Um, just seeing it, just looking out, and being able to celebrate with them, and just seeing how truly happy everybody everybody was 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 pretty remarkable that's great nice. your your, fa- your family attend a lot of the games this year as much as they could yeah they got to quite a few they got to quite a few everyone was definitely at the super bowl that's for sure uh, jake have, so, you, have you had any kind of um nicknames that the team has formulated and or the fan base oh man um donnie donnie jones gave me the nickname beaver pretty early on <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that came that came pretty quickly after that that sixty one yard field goal because we we used to during the season we would regularly go out to go out to dinner on um, I believe it was Thursday nights and you know after that kick people started people started recognizing me once we once we went out to dinner so um, he gave me the nickname nickname Beaver for for being so popular in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's awesome. So, all right, well, speaking of, uh, of Jones, um, you know, as you went through your first year as a rookie, did you have other kickers in the league that 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 were sort of mentors for you, that just kind of helped you along the way, that gave you advice on what to do and what not to do in a given week? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I felt pretty confident in in my routine where I didn't need to seek after what other guys did. But um, as far as a as far as like a mental aspect and you know just how to approach a long season, uh, Donnie Donnie was really good. Just to, not even necessarily telling me what to do or giving advice, but just simply by watching him and learning um, learning that way was was really was really um, was really crucial for me. 
Hey, so Jake, you know, you went to Memphis and what, what I call a mid-major program when, when I'm talking to recruits, um, like I went to Ball State, which is a mid-major program. You know, you were a starter for four years there, uh, did exceptionally well. I mean, you made 81 out of 104 field goals, which is phenomenal. Uh, you know, ex explain your um, ex experience at Memphis. How was it? It was unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, lo I loved every minute of it, uh, I, and I truly, I truly mean that. When I right when I got to Memphis, um, it was a little different. I mean, I, as as it is for for probably every freshman um, leaving home for the first time, and you know, especially for the ones that go go far away from home, um, you know, it was it was a little it was a little bit of a struggle just being in an unfamiliar unfamiliar territory, but. Um, you know, Memphis as as a community, as a as a university, really, um, really became home for me pretty quick. And you know, I I had a I had a great first season, and you know, really really enjoyed the people that that I met there. And I thought I think that's really important, just to, just establishing relationships in a new place like that. Yeah, right. Because you know, you're from Illinois, uh, which is considered Midwest. Some some mm -hmm. would say North, and you kind of go to the go to Memphis, which some would consider. Uh, you know, the South, um, yeah. one of the stats, you know, uh, 202 for 202 on extra points and granted it's, mm -hmm. it's 20 yards, but I mean, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to be perfect on extra points in a season. Uh, maybe talk about that stat. Was that something you were proud about? Yeah, I was proud about that. Um, I think I was more, more proud about that for the reason that, you know, my snapper and holder all four years were, were able to have a perfect operation every time. And that's, that's, a uh, I think it speaks more volumes to them than it does to me. Right. Uh, to be honest with you, like that—that's—that's that's something really special to not have a botched a botched hold or a botched snap for two hundred and two attempts. Um, so Absolutely. phenomenal job by them. But um, I think I think it's just it speaks to just how how zoned in you have to be for for every single kick, and you can't you can't take any any kick distance wise for granted. You know, if it's a short attempt, you can't you can't take take a play off. In a sense, yeah. So, going from Illinois into 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 Memphis, was the opportunity to potentially be a four year starter? Did that did that weigh into the decision making process? And then, as a freshman, how did you handle the pressure going in and, and playing for for a, a legit program? And, and, and I guess mm -hmm. third question: What would you? What kind of teaching points would you give to some of the younger kickers on handling pressure once they get to college, especially if they're a starter in, in year one? Yeah, um, I think showing showing up, I it did play a role in going to Memphis, knowing that I could could be a four year starter. But also financially, that was a that was a big decision for me because I didn't I didn't really have many other scholarship offers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was that was one of my only scholarship offers coming out of high school, and you know, I got I got a chance to go down and visit Memphis, and you know, love the city, and you know, saw what direction the program was going in, and thought it was a great opportunity and you know I showed up and you know I was I think I was the only scholarship kicker at the time um so I think people were were expecting me to win the job but it, it for sure wasn't handed to me before I before I went out and keep competed in camp so uh show, showing up um getting the nerves out and and being in a competition right right when you get there is was was something that you you had to be mentally prepared for and, and i think i was and I, I did a great job um in camp and winning that winning that job outright 
and you know luckily I, I had the opportunity to start all four years there but um i think i think the most important part is as far as handling the pressure you know coming coming into a college program is is truly just just your off-season preparation and you know how prepared you can get and how confident you can get in yourself um I, I think that's really important because you you can show up and you know not not be too sure about how you're hitting the ball and once once you start thinking that's you know that's when that's when things go wrong right you know and jake this side this sidebar conversation it's, I, I loved your career at memphis i followed you it was fun to watch you and your success, um, but you know you're also pretty versatile. You're athletic. Uh, we've noticed, especially on your Instagram, you have really good, you know, hip movements on your tennis strokes. Maybe talk about, uh, you know, this other sport that you're pretty good at, and and also, who would you want to compete against? You know, at that higher level, maybe one day. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'll touch on that a little bit. Um. I, I personally think, especially seeing seeing kids these days so young starting to specialize in one sport, I, I just I know I know everyone has their opinion, but I just think that's so wrong. I think you get so much out of out of competing in, in other sports. You develop so many different things um, mentally, muscle wise. You're not consistently pounding the same muscles in one sport all the time. You're you're just developing so much different athletic abilities that you don't know are out there. Um, and right. I, I think that's really important. And so I, I played, I played tennis, I played baseball, I played basketball, I played soccer. I, I didn't play football growing up, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay. yeah, I think that's super important. That's awesome. So as I understand here, Jake, you were, you were a pretty legit, uh, tennis player. So how did, you know, as you're going through the ranks in high school, you know, how are you discovered as a as a potential kicker for the squad? And then, when you're thinking about college, was it was it a tough decision to decide between kicking and tennis? Yeah, it was a little bit. Yeah, I used to I used to definitely think of myself as a pretty pretty high level tennis player. But um, you know, also you know, like I said, I like to play all those other sports too. So it was it was hard to kind of narrow down and um, really decide. But um, yeah, the whole the whole transition was a pretty pretty bizarre story. Um, it was actually my freshman year of high school. I went to the homecoming pep rally before the football game. Wasn't a football player at the time. Um, got picked out of the crowd for a field goal kicking contest. And nice. ended up hit, hitting a few balls through and hit them pretty well. You know, I played a bunch of pickup football with my friends and every once in a while we'd, we'd kick some field goals and it, you know, it came pretty naturally to me. Um, but yeah, hit a few through and, you know, the varsity coach was watching and he, he came up to me right after that and he was like, you should really, really consider coming out for the team. And, you know, I just kind of brushed it off. I was, you know, really focused on tennis. I was playing basketball already in high school and, um, kind of wanted that one, one free season in the fall to be, um, a little, a little more tennis driven. And so, yeah, I just completely brushed it off at the time. Didn't even think about it. And, you know, a couple, a couple of years rolled around and I was out on the tennis courts, uh, in the summer, just, you know, playing around, hitting kind of training, get around, getting ready. And, uh, one of the football coaches came, came over to me. He was actually also one of my sophomore basketball coaches. So he knew I was over on the tennis courts playing and 
um, knew about my kicking ability from that from that pep rally and from a few of my buddies that were on the football team talking about it. And came over and grabbed me and said, "Hey, man, like we need a, we need a kicker. Can you come out and kick a few for us?" So went out there and kicked a few, and he he pretty much just said, "Come back, come back tomorrow if you're interested in playing." And I went home and kind of thought about it and talked to my family and decided to decided to give it a shot and ended up ended up working out really well for me. Yeah, you know, then you get the Memphis scholarship uh, and you go yeah. play four years. And what's interesting about this talking to you guys, especially like Daniel Carlson, who's who's potentially going to get drafted, and and also yeah. Budker, who just went through his rookie season just like yourself. Like you guys are kicking for such a long time, if you really think about it. I'm sitting here scrolling on your Instagram on my on my Mac here, and I'm looking at you at the Senior Bowl, you know, down in Mobile, Alabama, which is a few hours away, and then you hit up the NFL Combine, which is like you said here, one off the checklist there, and that's true. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you get in a workout with the Bears, which you're from Chicago, or you're from Illinois, so you yeah. know that's that hit home for you. Um, and now you're going into the, to the whole draft. You're going from one team to the other. Like, how was that? Like kicking for like legitimate kicking for over a year almost. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. And a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, you're, you're preparing for camp, your, your senior year in college. And, um, you know, from, from that point on, it's, you know, I was pretty much kicking every week up until the Super Bowl. So, um, it was, it was really important throughout that stretch to, to kind of limit, limit myself as far as, um, the quant, the, the quantity of my kicks goes and, um, you know, really own it and just get some quality reps and, um, feel confident, feel confident with that. And, uh, that's why once, once the Super Bowl was over, I really just kind of shut it down for, for about a month and a half and didn't, didn't even look at a football. <laughs> I can imagine. And that's, that's the common theme that we seem to hear from everybody, especially a lot of the, the, the first year guys that we've, we've interviewed on the podcast. Yeah, so uh, Jake, we we always like to to wrap wrap up the interview with some fun questions. So, uh, first of all, tell us uh, your three favorite stadiums to play in besides Eagle Stadium. All right, besides Eagle Stadium, well, that's that's a clear cut number one. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Seattle, Seattle was a really cool stadium to play in. That place was loud. We're that place was that. really, really loud. Yeah, um, and just a cool, just a cool build, um, just cool architecture. Honestly, um, really enjoyed that. I enjoyed, I enjoyed Minnesota a lot. That stadium was awesome. It was cold. It was cold outside, but inside was real nice. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. That place got pretty loud too. For I wasn't expecting that. It, it does, especially for the Super Bowl with not really a home crowd per se. I, I wasn't expecting it to get quite that loud. Yeah. And the first, and a lot of people don't realize this, but but during that game, the first and second half is so much different, um, crowd wise, just because just because it is such a, I'm not going to say a neutral fan base, but because there's just such a mixture of just football fans, um, it's not necessarily going straight at one team so the first half is kind of laid back and you just hear the crowd uh you know talking amongst themselves it's not quite as as well as loud as you're used to in a normal football game but then once once the second half comes and things are starting to come down to the wire here it, it gets it gets pretty pretty crazy in there um and then the third stadium third stadium's tough um 
I'll say I'll say I'll give I'll give Butker the benefit of the doubt here. Arrow has Arrow has a pretty <laughs> cool stadium to play in. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, there's I was just scrolling through some of your Instagram again, not trying to be too uh, too weird or anything, Jake. But um, I come across actually I didn't even notice. I should have did more research. This for the win T-shirt looks pretty sick on your Instagram. Like, talk yeah. talk about your website and some of the cool gear that maybe some of the audience would like to get. Yeah, there's some there's some pretty pretty nice stuff out there. You got the, the for the win shirts, and then there's some some pretty kicker specific kickers kickers are people two shirts. Those mm-hmm. are those are nice. And then you got the the limited edition Super Bowl Super Bowl champion shirts and sweatshirts. Um, and then if you, I think there's also like pillows and phone cases and blankets on there. You get all those designs on if you want. They're they're going they're going pretty crazy on there. <laughs> yeah, and you guys can get that at jakeelliot4.com. So it's Jake and then E L L I O T T 4.com. Uh, and just just looking at some of the gear, I might even get one for my three year old here if, if you have any toddler sizes. But uh, I kind of want. I may even rep some too. Or get yeah, they got some. They got some onesies in there for like <laughs> infants and stuff too. They're great. <laughs> oh man, well, nice. I, I like your. I, I like that eagle green Elliot four shirt. I've been eyeing that up really probably the last two two months. So I might support the brand. And yeah, get after you, you know. Get after it. Speaking about the, what's the the brand, uh, what's Chris, like. Uh, Jake, you know, you're 23, you're a young guy. Um, you know, when, when Pat kind of did his his little, like, uh, commentary of, of one of your kicks, like, what? explain that feeling on the social media side, you know, after the game and you're just chilling and all. Yeah, Pat's, Pat's a great dude. I got I got a chance when I was with um, when I was with the Bengals when we played in Indy for the preseason. We stopped by his office there, uh, the heart the heartland studios and got to mess around with him for a little bit so nice. he's a fun he's a fun guy and he's I, I, I really like what he's doing um with the specialist community and kind of kind of putting us on the map in a way and you know really educating a lot of people about about the craft itself no doubt he, yeah he sure has been i mean it you know he's he's one of the root guys that got us interested in doing this special teams podcast you know because he's you know, like you said he's putting us on the map a little bit more and you know he spoke highly of, of what we're doing so that obviously made us feel good and, and yeah doing this for the community and you know my jake my last question i really have is you know just everybody has somebody they look up to is there growing up or once you started becoming a kicker was there a, a kicker or two that you just kind of almost idolized a little bit and and uh, looked up to as you were trying to develop? Um, I would say, uh, you know, as I was growing up, you know, this and this was before I was, I was even a kicker, but I, I always took an interest in, in kicking. Um, you know, watching watching Robbie Gold in Chicago uh, was, was was pretty fun, and I, I really enjoyed watching him and had a chance to play against him this year, so it was cool to – cool to finally get to meet him and you know got got his jersey hanging up on my wall now which is which is awesome nice um but i would say him growing up and then once i got to memphis i you know i started really watching uh steven guskowski and um you know picked up a lot of picked up a lot of things just just kind of watching his film and getting to train with him a few times in the off season um there's a few things that stuck out and just in his technique and his ball striking ability yeah Great. I mean, Robbie Gould is awesome. Uh, I got to compete against him in camp in, in 07 uh, when I was coming out of Ball State and just, just that two-step and him kicking in Chicago Yeah. Uh, yeah. Know, before he went on to the other teams. just He he would he killed it. I mean, he had over an 
field goal percentage in, in Chicago, the Windy City that you're familiar with. Uh, that's yeah, a, that's tough, a, tough to kick up there, that's for sure. That's a great that's a great idol to have and someone you kind of look look up to and someone that can help you. The last thing I have, Jake, is more of a technique thing um, with kicking coaching, kicking training, etc. You know, it's nice seeing you kick here in the Auburn facility just recently. That's that's only a couple hours away from me. So in the future, let me know if uh, if you're there again. I'd love to do some trick shots with you or something. Yeah, you got it. You got it. But um, one thing that I love, uh, especially your most recent third post on Instagram, and hope all of the audience are, are listening to this, is just the still frame alone. Your second step is literally pointing to the left panel of the ball, that inside panel. And I think that's huge when I'm coaching kickers is making sure those hips and those shoulders are square and that that second step pointed that left panel is crucial because as you know probably seeing some of these high school kids they they point that foot out towards the holder and then they come back across their body maybe talk a little bit about your philosophy with your three-step progression and and kind of your line etc yeah i mean whether whether you're a two-step or three-step guy i just think it's important to to keep it gradual and um Definitely make sure you're not running at the ball. Just keep it keep it real controlled. But uh, definitely want to make sure that you get facing upfield as quickly as as quickly as possible. Because you see you see a lot of these young guys kind of rounding rounding around the ball, and um, you're, you're just kind of setting yourself up to to, to miss hit a ball right away. Um, you know before before you're even getting there. So um, just just that gradual progression and keeping keeping everything as smooth as possible is is my biggest thing. And then. Um, also just making sure you finish downfield. I kind of take that second, um, that second skip on my follow through just to, just to make sure that I'm, I'm finishing downfield and not falling off. All right. And I love that. That's great. That's what these guys need to hear. The last thing I have too, is the ball tilt. Um, we'll see a lot of guys do this where the ball is kind of maybe like a slight tilt to the right. Um, but then when they back up to like 45 or 50 yards, it's like a significant tilt. Uh, what's your philosophy? What would you tell those guys? Uh, what's your opinion? I think I think it's important to keep that ball the same for every distance. I don't see any reason to change. You should you should hit every ball the exact same, whether whether it's an extra point or, or a sixty yard field goal. So, um, you know, I, I personally like just a just like you said, just a slight tilt to the right. Nothing nothing more, nothing less. But um, yeah, I think I think it's really important to keep it keep it consistent. That's great, uh, Jake. I just want to say uh, thank you very much for this the interview. Uh, as you know, you know, you and I have kind of off and on been in touch since really your your senior year. So from a just like a fan perspective, or seeing it from the outside, it's been incredible incredible to watch your journey so far. So uh, just want to wish you well and and uh, you know stay in touch. We probably we'd love to check in with you down the road and and, and see how your second year is going as well. So thanks a lot for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, Jake, next time you go to Thailand, just let us know and, and hook us up with some tickets. We'd love to go, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, Jake. Uh, take care, man. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. All right, All right guys. Thanks. Later, bro. Go ahead. Wow, what a great interview! Right? That was that was fun. Yeah, I know. Like he's 
great guy. I mean, I know we've been sitting here following him, and you've corresponded with him since high school, but I, I agree, Chris. I uh, love that interview for sure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just like anybody, any fan of the game, the insight he gave on on, on the year that he had and, and the Super Bowl, I mean, I, you know, that's just that's, that's just fun to hear from, from a fan's perspective. So, Well, whether you're a 28-year-old free agent that's trying to get in the league and you've been grinding or whether you're a 14-year-old just trying to learn, you know, some verbal cues to kick properly, he just gave a lot of great value and insight that all of us can learn, you know? Exactly. I mean, he's he's as young as is the kids trying to make it to the college years, and he's he's gone through the pipeline as uh, with camps and, and things like that. So it's great to hear what he had to say and, and what kept him consistent and, and kept him going and really made him a Super Bowl champion. Agreed. You, you know, know, and one thing that I think the kids need to understand is this guy's just twenty three years old. I mean, he was born in ninety five. I mean, he is super mature. He is very mature for his age, and I think that kids should really um, do some research on Jake and potentially look at him as, uh, as a role model or someone they maybe look up to or someone they may want to emulate their form. His social presence is great. I think a lot of young guys should see how he tweets out stuff, what he puts out on Instagram. It's all very positive. It's his life. And so uh, I really encourage you guys to follow him on Instagram and Twitter. I'm sure if you just type in Jake Elliott, you'll find him. A uh, really great guy, and we really loved having him on the Fourth Down Experience podcast. I concur. Yes, very good. Uh, great character guy, and you know, any fan uh, of Jake or the brand, you know, go check out Jake Elliott Four dot com. He's got some great gear. Uh, some tied in with the Eagles, some tied in just just for for kickers uh, with the Eagles colors. Uh, I think I'm going to get myself a shirt, but guys, go check it out and uh, give Jake some support as well. Uh, Thanks a lot, guys, for listening this week, and we'll see you next week. Later, guys. 4DE Nation. Later. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.